good to be together this morning. Amen? There. That turned me on? Okay. Made me louder. If you would, I would invite you to turn with me in your Bibles over to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. So we've been in the Gospel of Luke uh, this year, and we're, we're asking, we're seeking, and we're knocking for the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ in our lives. For his, his kingdom to take place. What God offers us in the kingdom of Jesus is a place where ourselves are defeated, where our sin is defeated, where the grave is defeated. Now that's what we've got to overcome. We've got to, we've got to overcome sin. I mean conquer it. Conquer the results of it. Conquer the wages of it. That's death. Well, very good focus, Raymond, because what do we bring? To, okay, here we go. We're going to battle against death. What are we bringing? The only thing you're bringing is sin. If it's just you by yourself. Well, you don't understand what kind of living I make. You don't understand all the stuff I've accomplished. You don't, it don't matter what. Sinners bring to the table of themselves and in themselves. All they bring to the table is sin, which is the wages of death. And that doesn't help the situation any. It doesn't help one bit. And the problem with sin is the grave. That's the other thing we've got to overcome. We've got to overcome sin. We've got to overcome death. And I don't mean, I don't mean just physical death. I really mean spiritual death. The wages of sin is death. That's not physical death. It's spiritual death. But yet physical death is this constant reminder that of yourself and in yourself and by yourself, you can't do anything about the way things are. You can't do that. We need someone who can reign and who can rule and who has absolute utter dominion. We need someone who's gone to battle and who has defeated Sin defeated death and defeated the grave by his resurrection to immortality. Paul said that's all found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the Son of God has appeared now to destroy death and bring immortality and life to light through the gospel. 2 Timothy 1.10 Well, over here in Luke 9, we now come to... And Luke starts building a thing. By the time we get to chapter 14, we're going we're gonna to deal with this thing that attaches us in practical, helpful ways to the kingdom. Now, to go back to what Raymond was, here's a perfect example. That's why I appreciate this. Perfect example of what we're talking about. Did we physically, did we physically take the bread and drink the cup? We did that physically happened. We submitted what we physically did. You're not somewhere else. You're here. You came here physically. But we also 
came here spiritually because this is a spiritual feast. Though we took physical emblems in a physical way, there is a connection between what we do physically and the spiritual implications or realities that are behind it and don't get them confused. You taking a bite of bread and you drinking of the cup, our battle's not against flesh and blood. That that's we we do that physically. God gives us, I'm convinced, physical things to do that remind us. This feast reminds us we can't do what needs to be done. What what can we do? We can continually submit ourselves to him. We can deny ourselves. You would not have thought this feast up on your own. You couldn't. This feast is the story of Jesus Christ. This is why he came. We submit ourselves to the commandments regarding the blood and, and, and the bread, the body, the body and the blood. We submit ourselves to what God's given us regarding that because we're in a constant, a constant effort to submit ourselves to Jesus as king and the king orchestrated. He died to provide this feast and he orchestrated by his instruction this feast of which we take. What's that got to do with Luke chapter 9? Well, let's turn over here and see. We'll begin about verse 18, I think. Luke chapter 9. Once when Jesus was praying in private... There's a real good spiritual discipline. That's for free. Just adopt that. Get a private place and go there and pray. Once when Jesus, are we trying to follow his example or not? Well, this is what he did. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Well, Herod's already beheaded him, so come back to life. Others say Elijah and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? What about you? Who do you say I am? See, this feast and this worship, everything we're doing this morning, the prayers we're praying, we're praying by the authority of Jesus Christ. What does that remind us of? Who he is. What does this feast remind us of? Who he is. He is the Lamb of God. He is also the King of all kings. And regarding the kingdom, he says, who do people say I am? Well, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ of God, the Messiah. That is the one anointed. Anointed in what regard? To be king. To be king. To reign and to rule over sin and death and the grave. He warned them strictly not to tell this to anyone. He said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day raised again. They didn't understand that itinerary, but Jesus said, this is exactly what's going to happen. It's what has to happen. Because these things happen, when these things happen, Jesus is purchasing the right for you to be in the kingdom. He's per 
purchasing the right for he himself to be king and for him to reign over what opposes us for our benefit. And now here's the part. Brothers and sisters, we're going to struggle with this. We're going to struggle with this till somebody reads your obituary and they cover you. Because that's what we do in our bodies. We're struggling against our own self. We struggle against that. And the kingdom is what keeps us from giving up on that. Because we, we don't just take the supper. We do take the supper, but we do every other thing he, tries, he tells us to do. We try to do it. Some days we do a good job. We're real proud. We might even get to be thinking, man, I'm so good at this. I can just do this. Well, if you're talking about do it, submit to him, then you can too. If you're talking about do it and accomplish righteousness or salvation, you're wrong as you can be. You... How can our flesh do that? Well, what would I do? Offer the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul, Micah says. He can't do that. And I realize he's talking about offspring, but the fruit of your body. What are you going to do? Offer the work of your hands for the sin of your soul? You can't do that. We can't accomplish salvation. We can't accomplish righteousness. We can't accomplish redemption. We can't accomplish in ourselves and of ourselves victory over over death, over darkness, over sin, over the grave. But what we can do is submit ourselves to the one who overcame all that. And he gives us opportunity to do that. And in order to submit ourselves to him for that purpose, we have to deny ourselves. Then... He said to them all, verse 23, here's the point. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross. That stands for a death to self daily. No, daily this is the thing. What do I got to do every day? Every day you got to be willing to deny yourself. That's real easy on any given day. No, that's not true. But it's easier on some days than it is others. It's easier. Deny yourself. When we've just made a mess of things, then it's real easy for us to say, boy, I can't trust myself. I can do anything right. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Here's the thing. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever just wants to accomplish life by his own, you're going to lose it. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it? Now, this is all connected. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? See, that's what our, what our fleshly self, that's what our old man would pursue. If we were going to take credit ourselves and give glory to ourselves, we would work to gain the whole world. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me, his self or his soul. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, 
will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. I tell you the truth. There are some standing here who will not taste death till they see that which overcomes death, till they see the kingdom of God. They're going to have the opportunity, some of those living people standing there listening to his words, they're going to have the opportunity to see the reign and the rule of God here in this world. They're going to have the opportunity to see that. My point to us this morning is that kingdom is here. The reign and the rule of Jesus Christ is here. Come with me over here to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, the last book in your New Testament. We'll come down here to verse 4. John, this is the Apostle John. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace. Those are two other things you can't get on your own. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. That is the I am. That's who it is. It's Jesus. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. Throne, yeah, he's king. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. He is the faithful representation of God. He's the faithful witness. He is the firstborn from among the dead. In other words, he is the one who reigns and rules over death. He is the preeminent one raised from the dead. The firstborn from among the dead. The ruler of the kings of the earth. That was true. 81-ish A.D. when John writes this letter. That's one thing for us to read now. Read this when Rome rules the world. When the man with the most power on the planet is adamantly opposed to Christianity and they're just going to take turns one after the other persecuting Christianity on a professional level. And what's John writing to these seven churches? Jesus Christ is writing things. He is the king. No, the, the emperor of Rome is the... No, he's not. That's what you see with these eyes. That's the physical thing that you see with this eyes. That's part of, that's part of the struggle. Sin besets any nation. Amen? Can sin beset this nation? Yeah. Can sin and darkness destroy this nation? Mm-hmm. Can sin and darkness destroy the kingdom? Not a chance. Not a chance. I love America. I'm proud to be part of it. Please, just full of joy is what I mean. I don't mean arrogance. I mean, I'm full of joy to be an American. Thank God for the United States. But the United States does not give me endurance. And right now, it's not giving me very much encouragement. It's God who gives endurance and encouragement. It's God who gives eternal life. It's God who's giving us a life with purpose. 
To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom. That's my point right now. He died and purchased the right. The powerful one God in the flesh, Jesus. He died and purchased the right to give us the opportunity to be a kingdom and to be priests, to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Come down here to verse 8. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come. Verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. The kingdom is ours in Jesus. The suffering, yes, the suffering that has purpose. The suffering that brings transformation, the suffering that ends in joy and hope, that's ours in Christ Jesus. The patient endurance, I don't know what yours says for patient endurance, but I understand that. It means you don't give up and you don't quit and you keep going. That is ours in the kingdom. That is ours under the king. That is ours in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. Come over here to verse 17. He said, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, and he placed his right hand on me. The him he saw is, is the Son of God in all of his brilliance and glory. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first. I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Sins have been defeated. Death has been defeated. The grave has been defeated. Jesus said, I got the keys to it. And if you want that, if you want my power for your life, if you want my relationship with God for you, to be yours for your life, if you want your suffering in this world to have purpose, if you want to overcome yourself, then it's your choice. This is the kingdom of God put in place. The king, the kingship of Jesus is put in place for us. It is our choice. It's our choice. It's not our choice to accomplish righteousness. It's not our choice to defeat sin on our own. It's, a, it's not our choice to overcome the grave on our own. We can't. It's our choice when we come before the king and when we submit ourselves to him. That's the choice. That's why all the songs we sing... That's why all the prayers we pray, that's why the supper we take, that's why that's what the text we read support is the simple idea, the very thing we cannot do on our own. Nobody's going to eradicate suffering in this world. Nobody's going to eradicate darkness in this world. Death and darkness and sin will be alive and well in this world till Jesus gets back and puts an end to it once for all. But he has put an end to it right now. In every practical, personal way possible for those in the kingdom. 
Sin no longer reigns and rules. Sin no longer has dominion over us. The grave no longer reigns and rules over us by the fear of it. Not in the kingdom, not under the king. Every day we have little choices to make. Will we submit to him or our own lust? All the prayers we pray, all the songs we sing, the supper we take, every week that reminds us there's one place to get help. It's the Lord Jesus. If the devil tries to discourage you into giving up because you've had a real poor week of, of performance and, and understanding and whatever, then you hang on to the fact none of that kept Jesus from being king. Is Jesus still king? Yes. Is the tomb still empty? Amen. Is the cross still a verifiable fact of history? Yes then why would we give up? Acknowledging that and engaging that and, and realizing that every command that involves our physical effort, it took some physical effort for you to be here today. I don't know how much. We're not here to worship your physical effort. You're not depending on your physical effort. Your physical effort was just a submission to the king. God has promised to bless that. Jesus would say very simply this, if a man is not born of water and the spirit, he will not see the kingdom of God. You won't see it in your life unless you submit to the king, unless you die to yourself and you're born again with him. Everybody here is born of the flesh. You had to be born. Jesus said the kingdom is about your decision to be born again. So, I'm encouraging us. Submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus. He is king. And if you're not ready to do that, the song we sang one or two songs ago, it's a process. It's an educational process. You got to decide, is Jesus who he claims to be? That's why the question is so important. Who's everybody, who do you say Jesus is? If he is who he claims to be, if he's king over sin, death, and hell, if he is the son of God, if his sacrifice is sufficient, then you are right to choose to submit yourself to him. And he blesses that. And that's why we don't give up. We just continually submit to him. If we could help you this morning, if we could help you to be born of the water and the spirit, Run, sisters, that happens at the physical act of baptism, but it's spiritual implications. It's spiritual things being done in a physical activity. If we can help you come to the Lord Jesus Christ or keep trusting in him in any way, won't you let us know now while we stand and while we sing?